Hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 133 of the SCO Show. And that's right, kids. It's a glorious victory edition of the SCO Show. My name is Mark Schofield. I'm happy to be in the big chair for tonight, Sunday night, September 13th, 2020. The New England Patriots, the new look New England Patriots, take care of business week one of the National Football League season taking care of the Miami Dolphins by a final score of 21-11. to 11. As we do in the Glorious Victory Shows, we're going to have the great, the good, the bad, the game balls, the take of the game from the SCO Show Slack channel. We'll get into all of that in a minute. But before we do, some usual reminders. Please do follow along with the hijinks on the Bird app, at Mark Schofield on Twitter. Check out the work. Places like Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio. Not one, not two. But three SB Nation websites, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, and of course right here at Pat's Pulpit. And of course, follow along at Touchdown Wire, part of the USA Today network covering the entire National Football League with a venerable Doug Farrar. Already got a couple of pieces up on the game's actions today. Talking about Carson Wentz, talking about some Kirk Cousins action, talking a little bit about Cam Newton. And the new look Patriots run game, which we're going to get into in a second. But the final reminder is this. I've been asked before, Mark, why do you call shows when they win glorious victory episodes? Now, for many of you, this is rewind material. But for those of you that are a bit new, that maybe have joined through the draft season and training camp and stuff like that, you might be wondering, glorious victory. It's week one. It's the Dolphins. Like, is this a glorious victory? Yes, all wins are glorious victories. But the reason why I call them a glorious victory, it's a bit of a throwback, an homage, if you will, to my days as a lawyer. One of my first legal jobs, doing some insurance defense work, I was working for a partner who anytime he got a good result in a case, whether it was a trial or a motion for summary judgment or something, and he was right in the like recap report to the insurance adjuster that he was assigned the case from. He would always start the letter, and let's say it was a trial, where he got a defense verdict, a verdict in his client's favor, in the insured's favor at trial. He would start and he'd outline like how the case began, and etc., and the witnesses' testimonies, and then when it gets to the point to relay the verdict, the result, he would then say something to the effect of, and then what happened next can only be classified as a, and then the font would change from your typical like Times New Roman 12 to like this ridiculous cursive in like 64 point font, a glorious victory. And so that's how he would refer to like jury verdicts in his favor or motions, you know, granted in his favor. It was always a glorious victory. And I remember when I first learned that he did that, I was like, this is stupid. This is silly. But it's a reminder that, look, nobody's going to toot your own horn. Nobody's going to, you know, pat you on the back. You got to do it yourself sometimes. And so a win is a win in the National Football League, and they are all glorious victories. Let's talk about this one. And I'm going to focus really... On the second half of this game, this is a game that was 7-3 at halftime, no points until the second quarter, but I really feel like the second half is kind of the story here. And I do want to talk about the Patriots' new look run game in a minute. But more than anything else, I want to talk about the drive 
when the Patriots had that 14-11 lead. It was their final touchdown drive of the game. And so many times when I've done this show previously at Locked On Patriots, I would talk about the concept of a championship drive. I love drives. I live drives. I wrote a book about drives. And this was one of those moments where you need a championship drive. Your defense has just given up a touchdown and the two-point conversion. This was a huge swing in the game. It looks like you're going to take a 21-3 lead. Nikhil Harry loses the football going into the end zone near the goal line. It's ruled a touchback. Miami goes down the field and scores. They get the two-point conversion. You need a drive. And three isn't going to do it. Because 17-11, you're not feeling comfortable. And what does New England do? They respond with that kind of championship drive. The first play, I love the way they set this up. They show you that inside gap power that they've been running. And they had set this up so well because they showed you they had run that over and over and over again. They use it for play action designs as well. But it's an end around to Julian Edelman. And he rips off 23 on the run, tack on 15 with the personal foul. You're already at midfield. A huge play right there. Very next play, first and 10. You get a man pressure look from the Miami defense. Newton's under pressure, throws, and it's incomplete. Second and 10. This is a scenario where in years past we might see them try another throw, falls into complete, now you're in third and 10 situation. What do they do? They come out empty. James White flexed out wide to the right. They bring him in motion to the backfield. This is that sort of empty to running back in the backfield motion movement scheme I've been talking about since they signed Cam Newton. And what happens? You see man coverage response. Defensive back is trailing James White. And before it in years past, I would say at this point, this is a key to Cam Newton or to Tom Brady, the quarterback that they're in man coverage. And yes, that's true. But it's also a key to the right tackle, Jermaine Illuminor, that they're in man coverage, and this is the guy covering James White. Why does it matter? They then come back and run speed option to that side of the field where White motioned from initially back to that side of the field. And Illuminor, the right tackle, now knows that guy's trailing White. And if Newton wants to pitch this ball, I need to get this guy to the ground. That's exactly what happened. So the Josh McDaniels method of using motion to give his quarterback information, it now gives the right tackle information. They run speed option, gain of eight, quick pitch from Newton to White. Now it's third and two. Third and two, they show you orbit motion from receiver. Maybe you're thinking you're going to get another type of option play. Inside run to Rex Burkhead, plus four first down. I loved that sequence. I loved that sequence because so many times you get that first down incompletion. Team runs it. Team forces another throw. They run it, but they gave everybody information, gets them into a manageable situation. Next play, first and 10. They go under center, play action. Damian Bird on a post. Nikhil Harry on a sort of in cut. It's not there. Cam pulls it down, turns what might have been a sack into plus 12, first down. Next play, first and 10 at the plus 14. Sony Michelle gain a five, good lead block from Jakob Johnson. Now you get second and five. Zero blitz. Look from the defense. They stack the box. Cam runs sort of outside zone 
keep look where you've got the inside zone look from the running back, outside zone from him. He rides it late, pulls it, tries to get inside. This is something we're going to talk about a little bit later. I have a question about this play. So this was a, a bit of a rough one. Now you get into third and six because he actually loses a yard. They just go quarterback power away from a running back motion out to the right. He gets a good spot. It's ruled the first down initially. They've challenged it. It's reviewed. They've ruled down short. Everybody, myself included, was on the Slack channel, timeline on Twitter, saying they got to go for it here. They do. It's basically just quarterback power. It's 17 power. That's all it is. You get Jakob Johnson kicking out the end man on the line of scrimmage. Ryan Izzo blocking down to the second level. Everybody in that building knew they were running it with Cam. They couldn't stop it. Next play, first to go at the one. Sony Michelle, touchdown run behind Jakob Johnson. That sequence right there is unlike anything we're used to seeing from the New England Patriots offense because it was primarily the running game, but it worked. And I'm reminded in this moment, right now, it just popped into my head. If you remember, if you're old enough to remember the strike season, there was a Monday night game. In the strike season, Niners, Giants, Bill Walsh, replacement players, runs the wishbone. You didn't have time to get guys ready for it, so you ran what they could be comfortable with. If you were wondering about how COVID-19 might sort of impact game plans, early games, you saw it on this drive. They ran with the stuff that they knew they could install and be comfortable with. And they put together a championship drive doing just that. Was blown away by that drive. Absolutely loved that drive. That was a great part of this game. Up next, we're going to talk about the good. We're going to talk about the bad. We're going to talk about game balls and the take of the game from the Scotia Slack Channel. That's all ahead on this glorious victory installment of the Scotia. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 133, a glorious victory installment of the Sco Show. Let's talk about some of the good stuff. I'm going to harp on the offense a lot because that's the story here. We know the defense is good, particularly the secondary. And yes, there were some DP, DPI calls and things like that, but you had interceptions early, you had interceptions late. J.C. Jackson with an interception in the end zone, which was a fantastic play. You had one from Adrian Phillips. You had one from Stephon Gilmore, three interceptions. What you expect to see from this Patriots secondary. But I want to stay on the offense. I want to stay on the running game here because if, if you want to see more on this, I wrote a piece over at USA Today. You can read it now on their new look running game. But there are so many different elements now that they can bring to the table that are going to make defending this Patriots run game tough if you're a defense, if you're a defensive coordinator. And I talked about the white speed option, so I don't want to rehash that. But there's another play that I have in the piece that I think you need to keep in mind here, and it's similar to a lot of the stuff we've been theorizing about this Patriots run game when we started to think about Cam Newton. That was This was just a quick inside run of six from Cam Newton on their opening drive of the third quarter. And they have Newton in the shotgun. They have James White to his right. And when this play begins, White's going to come in front of him. And you might be thinking, oh, it's your typical outside zone, vertical stretch, you know, from the quarterback where you've got the horizontal element, the east-west element, the outside zone from the running back, the north-south element from the quarterback with the potential to keep it and cut inside. But the Patriots do it out of power looks. 
Because on this play, Shaq Mason, the right guard, he pulls in front of Cam. And if Cam decides to keep this, now he's got a blocker in front of him. And whether he keeps or not, that decision is going to be made based on what that play side linebacker does. So it'll be the linebacker to the left side of the offense. Newton's going to take the snap, put the ball in White's belly, and stare at that guy. If that guy crashes downhill, tries to fill that A-gap in defense of Newton potentially keeping that football, Newton's just going to give the ball off and say, go ahead, go. You've got the edge now. You've got the edge because we've got numbers to that side. They're running it weak side out of a three-by-one formation. But instead, if that linebacker sees that and he has to scrape down to take the edge there, that's when you keep it. You get north-south. You get behind your pulling guard and Shaq Mason, and now you make something happen with your legs. That's exactly what happens. Newton sees that linebacker scrape down initially to the edge to fill that D-gap, basically. Outside the tackle, Newton keeps it, follows Mason, picks up six yards. And that might seem like nothing, six-yard gain. But it's what could make this defense so tough to defend in the weeks and games to come. Because now, let's say you're Pete Carroll. You've got to get ready to defend Cam Newton next week. You've got to be worried about this look. If you're a linebacker now, you've got to be worried about Cam Newton potentially keeping that. It might keep you from getting a good jump to the edge, which then frees up James White. The main thing that Newton brings to this offense in terms of how he helps the run game, they're playing 11 on 11 again. It's not 10 on 11. You know, you're defending 12, you're defending Tom Brady. You're not worried about stuff like that. You're not worried about him pulling and keeping in his legs and designed runs and things like that. Now you have to be worried about that. And so it makes you that much tougher to defend. And it will free up other players. It will free up the James Whites and the Sony Michelles and the Rex Burkheads and everybody they want to run outside zone looks with because you have to be worried about the quarterback's legs himself. It's the same thing when they just flip it and the running back's the north-south. You know, you might want to stay home, but you're also thinking Newton can pull this. And so maybe you get caught leaning to the edge and that's enough of a crease to create a running lane on the inside. And so what Newton brings to this offense, we'll talk about torque in a second, but it's that ability to let you now play 11-on-11, which is huge. Let's talk about torque. And Newton didn't have a huge game throwing the football. 15 of 19 for a 155, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Somewhat efficient, not overly efficient, but he he had a great start to the second half. I think he started 7-of-7 in the second half. But he had a couple of throws that were fantastic. A couple of throws that were absolutely fantastic. On their opening drive in the third quarter, he had a slant to Edelman. Cover zero look. Off coverage. Knows he's going to have it. Rips a slant route. I absolutely loved the placement, the read, and the throw. On their second drive of the second half, this is the one that ended with the Harry fumble near the goal line. They went on a second and nine situation after Michelle picked up one on first down to open the drive. They go play action. He throws a little in cut to Harry. The ball comes out late. 
He can anticipate it better, but he makes up for it with velocity and more importantly with torque. One of the things that I absolutely love about studying and watching Cam Newton is the torque he generates in his upper body and how that translates into velocity on his throws. And he drilled this throw in there. And people sometimes wonder about ball placement. I think he showed some pretty good ball placement, particularly the slant play we just talked about. But that torque right there was incredibly impressive. Other good stuff before we, I highlight a couple of specific plays here. I mentioned the secondary. Just want to give them some props again. Yes, there were some DPIs. I'll mention that in the bad section of the show. But you had the interceptions, which were great. You had Phillips playing at a bit of a linebacker spot, which I think was fantastic. Played that well. Led the team nine tackles, eight of them solo, one for a loss. I thought that was impressive. I want to give a special shout-out to Derek Rivers. Got on the board with a sack. That was fantastic to see. Bill Belichick highlighted him earlier this sort of training camp about the strength and explosiveness that he showed that he brings to the table now. It was great to see. Some specific plays. First play of the second half, um, under center play action, they go a little wide cross to Julian Edelman. I thought that was a great read and a throw. That's Newton's second touchdown of the game. The play action boot where Cam keeps it for a touchdown. Doug Farrar actually wrote over a touchdown wire. You can find it. That was basically the mirror image of a touchdown that Jacoby Brissett had back in 2016. So I thought that was impressive. Juwan Williams breaking up a back shoulder throw to Mike Jacecki, the tight end killer. We speculated. We saw a little bit of it. That was great to see. J.J. Taylor. It's disappointing for a number of reasons that that hairy drive ended with the fumble. Because it kind of overshadowed what we saw from J.J. Taylor. Had four carries for 28 yards. Showed some burst. He also had a catch out of the backfield. It was a designed swin screen for four. We've talked about Harris. We've talked about Rex Burkhead and James White and Sony Michelle. But J.J. Taylor showed a little something. Showed a little burst and some ability out of the backfield. That was fantastic to see. Fourth quarter now, Miami had a third and five. Brooks had a great stop on third and five where he filled the hole down at the line of scrimmage, stopped it for a short gain, forced the fourth and two. Then, of course, you get the Gilmore DPI. First and goal at the one. Those first two plays down on the goal line in the fourth quarter on that Miami touchdown drive were fantastic. The first one, first and goal, Phillips comes working downhill. Winovich with some penetration as well. Phillips, linebacker, makes the tackle there. Then on second down, Lawrence Guy with some incredible penetration initially. Anthony Jennings finishes it off. They got in on third down, but I love those two first plays. Absolutely loved it. I mentioned the Edelman uh, end around, mentioned the speed option, mentioned the cam scramble, the Michelle run. On first down and 10 at the plus 14. I mentioned that all in that great drive at the end. And then Miami's last drive, Adam Butler sack. I guess Fitzpatrick picked up one. um, But I thought that was a great hustle play from Butler. Um, So that was some of the good stuff that I wanted to highlight as well. Some of the bad plays, Edelman had a drop early. They seem to be keeping him on a bit of a pitch count. 
He still led the team with five catches for 57 yards and seven targets, but it does seem like a bit of a pitch count situation from Julian Edelman. The Harry fumble, and we've talked about situations like this before. The Patriots have talked about situations like this before. You know, it seems like nothing good happens when you stretch for a first down marker, when you stretch for a goal line. And that might be an instance of that. It's an unfortunate play. Obviously, we hope he bounces back from it. That was that was a potential huge swing in this game. In the blink of an eye, you go from maybe having a 21-3 lead to now 14-11, and you need a drive. So that was a huge swing. The Gilmore DPI, the Brooks DPI. Look, you play a lot of aggressive tight man coverage. You're going to get those. It's just it's frustrating every time. That play on the championship drive that I said I wanted to revisit, the second five where you got the loaded blocks, cover zero blitz look, Newton doesn't get out of it. I do wonder how much freedom Cam Newton has now to make those changes. He did make one earlier in the half on a similar cover zero look where it looked like he called something at the line and they went to that slant to Edelman. Tony Romo mentioned that on the call. I wonder if in this situation this was locked. They said, look, it's second and five. We're in the red zone. We want to work a little clock, too. We're going to lock this. You're running it either way. I do wonder if he had the freedom or not to make that change. I don't know, but it's something I'm curious about, so I wanted to drop that in here. Um, I, I, I hated a lot of what we saw on Miami's final drive before the J.C. Jackson interception. You had a, a third DPI, the second one of, of the game on Gilmore. You had a Fitzpatrick scramble on second and 10 to pick up a first down. And Fitz does this, he's good at it, but it concerns me with the fact that, look, you get Russell Wilson next week. You're going to get Mahomes. You're going to get Watson. You're going to get Garoppolo who can move. Josh Allen who can move. Lamar Jackson who can move. Kyler Murray who can move. You might be getting Justin Herbert by the time you play the Chargers who can move. Maybe the next time you see this team, it's Tua or Fitz, either way, either one of those guys can move. It's one play. Again, when you play so much man coverage, you're going to expose yourself to that. But it is something to keep in mind and put in the back of your mind going forward. The, the quarterbacks that can beat you with their legs. Let's talk game balls. And I, I, I am tempted to have this be one of those game ball for everybody moments. I think you got to give one to Cam Newton. If for nothing else, look, shows up in the yellow suit, ends the day in the white suit. Absolutely fantastic from Cam Newton there. Just absolutely fantastic day from him. I love so much of what he brings to the table. Some other names that were thrown out in the Scotia Slack channel, Jakob Johnson, Chase Winovich, who had a great day pressure in the quarterback, J.C. Jackson, the interception late obviously was a huge play. Derek Rivers got a mention for the sack. Drew some double teams as well. A lot of people want to give some shout-outs to Josh McDaniels for the job he did. I think he deserves a ton of credit for getting this offense ready to go and putting the pressure on this Miami defense the way they did. And so obviously, huge shout-out there. I also do want to give a game ball to Lawrence Guy. 
I think, he, in a sense, he remains one of the sort of unsung guys up front. So I wanted to shout him out. Also want to shout out Adrian Phillips in the game he had. So lots of game balls to go around. Probably unsurprising when we have a game like that. As far as the take of the game, and there were many options here. But the take of the game, I'm actually going to go with an image that was shared by Patrick Brown. It's not even Patriots related. It's Cleveland Browns related. And anybody listening to the show probably knows the Spider-Man meme. We've got two Spider-Men staring at each other. But this one has seven. And it's the 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, and 2020 Cleveland Browns in the former Spider-Man all pointed at each other because they're all the same. Because the Browns didn't look good today either. But folks, that will do it. Glorious victory one of the season in the books. Obviously, we have a tough test this week. The Seattle Seahawks, they got off to a good start taking care of Atlanta today. So, look, this is going to be a tough schedule. But getting this first one feels good. Now they get time to fine-tune some things. So, big week ahead. Glorious victory number one of the books. I will be back Wednesday. Until then, friends, stay safe. Wash those hands. Check in on your neighbors. But when you wash those hands, sin along and bless those Patriots reigns down in Foxborough.